irrespective of who you are or who you're speaking to, it is so very important that one listens. And not just one listens, but what one tries to comprehend, one tries to hear what the other side is saying, because you pay dearly as the Democratic Party has over the last several decades. I mean, when you look at a place like West Virginia, that should be democratic land based on the types of policies that progressives want to pass. Not only policies that give assistance, but policies that create the environments to generate work, good paying jobs. Now, last night after the caucus, uh, the governor of Illinois sort of had a back and forth with Joanne Reed. Joanne Reed had a very important point that he chose not to listen to, completely and entirely tone deaf. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Hi, Governor. Uh, this is Joy Reid. Uh, I have a question. Is it bedwetting, though? Because I think that there is some significant anecdotal evidence that President Biden does have some issues in terms of um, parts of the younger electorate that are not in a good place with him on things like Gaza, on the you know bombing of Yemen. There were just protests outside of the White House this past week. There is some energy that's building, particularly among Arab American voters, Muslim American voters who say they will not vote for him um, because of his stance on Gaza. Is that is it bedwetting or is the White House maybe not paying enough attention to real passionate objections to its policies by younger voters that they need to turn out, and I mean younger voters, including younger African-American voters. Well, when you're a responsible leader, when you're in office, you have to make tough decisions, no doubt about it. And every time you have to make a tough decision, someone doesn't like it. Uh, the truth is that uh, we've seen Joe Biden uh, underestimated all along uh, in his entire career, and especially in 2020. Uh, in 2024, I think what we're going to see is a real focus on the things that really matter to people's individual lives, to their families, to their communities. And that's, you know, the economy. It means their freedoms. We talked about choice. Uh, I, in a lot of places in the country, people are deeply concerned about gun violence. And uh, we know that Joe Biden has stood up for a uh, ban on assault weapons, and and he has stood up for uh, violence prevention programs in a way that Republicans just want to let go and, frankly, let people shoot each other wherever they may be with as many guns as they may want to have. So I, I do think that a focus on the issues that really matter to working families across the United States is going to matter for Joe Biden in a positive way. Now, they're always detractors, right? There are people that even that vote for Donald Trump who don't like things about Donald Trump. But in the end, when people are going to see the two visions for the future of America, that young people and people of color across the United States, not to mention the vast majority of American workers, know that it's Joe Biden that's fighting for them and Joe Biden that'll do better for them. 
Donald Trump will be a disaster for those groups. And you don't think that the White House needs to adjust or that the Biden reelection campaign needs to adjust in any way its messaging on issues of war and peace? Because these are issues. I mean, we are on MLK Day and we do know that one of the things that Dr. King did later in his life was to oppose the Vietnam War. And this was an important issue to him, as important in the end of his life as fighting for living wages and for racial justice. You know, issues of war and peace are passion issues. They're voting issues. And for a lot of younger Americans, not even just younger Americans, but a lot of progressives and a lot of just people who have a humanist view of the world, the Gaza issue is a voting issue. So you're saying that people will ignore that? You don't think that the White House needs to in any way adjust its messaging on that? Well, look, here's what the White House has been doing. They're fighting, you know, what has become a mortal enemy of the United States, and that's Vladimir Putin. Uh, they're they're standing up for democracy in Ukraine. Uh, they're fighting against terrorism in the Middle East. Those are the things that I think the messages that the Biden administration needs to make sure they're getting out to people. But look, nobody likes war. I mean, I, the, we'd like to have all of this ratcheted down and go away. And I know the president wants that. Right. But it, you have to have a careful uh, foreign policy expert in the White House who understands how to manage all that in a very difficult environment. You think Donald Trump has shown that he can do that? Do you think Donald Trump would handle this better than Joe Biden? The answer clearly is no. When we there, there are several issues, student loans, uh, the war in Gaza, uh, as well as certain types of programs that we need to establish here in, in the United States that someone need to get the ears of Biden, because I'm sorry, you may you may talk about the economy being great. You may talk about all these other issues, but that's not the only issues that concern people. Many of us morally, when we see that we are supporting and sending bombs to a country that has pretty much killed over 25 thousand people of course it's concerning of course we feel a moral responsibility but it's not only a moral responsibility it's an existential responsibility why because as we continue to do what we're doing in israel and other places there's this great thing called blowback blowback and once we are seen as complicit which we now are we have to expect the blowback so when joy asks him about how do you address the issue where a lot of young people are concerned about what we're doing or a close alliance with Netanyahu? He blows it off. He blows it off. Oh, uh, simply saying Biden is experienced and it's good to have somebody who knows foreign policy in the office. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think his actions with Israel is all does, displays all that much experience. I think it displays an old man who continues to do things in the old ways and expecting some different result. It's not going to happen. We need new ways of doing things, and he should listen. We should have somebody saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, our president, the person that we're going to vote for in November, the only person that, if it's between Donald Trump and Biden, it's the only person that we should and can vote for if we want to have a sane government or a somewhat sane government. He should open his mind to say, you know, we've been doing this bombing and this killing for quite some time. Maybe there's another way to do it. 
Maybe as opposed to following all the old things I've done over the decades and decades and decades that I've been in service, maybe there's another way to do it. And when it comes to uh, student loans, not expanding that conversation into, well, we were prohibited from doing it because of a runaway Supreme Court. And in the next election, we will work towards uh, ensuring that we correct. You don't even have to say we're going to change course. Just let people know that you understand there's a problem and that, that your new administration will make changes to mitigate that problem. And that goes not only for, for uh, Israel, that only, that only goes for student loan, that goes for policy after policy. Healthcare, you know, uh, start creating the propaganda, the, 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 not propaganda, but the reality-based stuff that really private health insurance simply doesn't work and cannot work by design. Don't come t- trying to stuff ACO reach down somebody's throat. Don't try to stuff Medicare Advantage so that the government looks like it's keeping its books balanced as the private sector rips the average American off. And you can say, well, that's because it's Medicare Advantage. That is because it's an ACO reach program. We, we have to stop progressives. The difference between progressives and the right is that progressives think. Progressives don't group think in the aggregate. They think. That's why you have so many different factions, because they don't group think in that manner. We got to learn. If you're going to really have a coalition, which is what, what a country is, you have to listen to everybody, irrespective of where that listening comes from. Even if sometimes you use that listening to know something you shouldn't do. Or to use that listen to understand the listening didn't make any sense, but at least you listen, absorb, and ensure that you know what's going. It's shameful what the governor did or the, the governor's response to uh, Joanne Reed's very, very important questions with all the people that she speaks to, which are younger people, people of color, people that are naturally Biden's, the people who brought. Biden over the top. And for him to just disregard it, when she talks about the, the Arab issue in Michigan, eh, well, you know, we better heed, we better heed the Democratic Party and President Biden better heed and understand what's going on. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.